from conies to cheesecake and barbecue to brunch, we all have meals that mean something special to us. This podcast takes a deep dive into the traditions, delicacies, and legends that have shaped what we know and love about food. Each episode, we will discover the essence of people through food in a new way. This is Season to Taste. Welcome to Season 3 of Season to Taste. I'm really excited to get started again. This is, I guess, the first episode. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about sort of like vision for the season. Um, my friend Josh had a good word about like how um, the season's going to go. He, he described it as discovering the essence of people through food. Of like That's what the, the show is. So uh, we're looking forward to this season. This season is going to be all about um, experiences, um, trying to either try new foods, go new places, um, just experience a lot um, this season. So with that, I have Tim Sullivan with me here um, from Circle S Farms. He's a classmate of mine. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be on here. Excited to kick off season three with you. Excited to see what the season has in store. See who all is uh, joining you on the podcast this season. It's going to be good. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us a little bit about the farm. So let's start off. What's your major? What year are you? So obviously at Ohio State. Yeah, definitely. So I am a, a sophomore, second year at Ohio State. I'm studying agricultural systems management. Um, and I currently am uh, loving the major. It has um, exactly what I want to do. I get to study agriculture, which is something I'm truly passionate about. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us about the farm. What does it mean to you and what is, um, what's kind of like your role there? Definitely, definitely. So Circle S Farms is a, well, a well-known brand around Columbus. We are actually the only agri-entertainment uh, business and the only agri-entertainment farm in Franklin County. Um, so that's kind of a little fun fact to get us started. But we have actually been a uh, family farm for, this will be our 42nd year wow. of doing our, our fall fun days. So with being the only uh, a farm in, in Franklin County that does the agri-entertainment. We're also one of the oldest farms in, in Franklin County and really in the central Ohio area. Um, so it's been really awesome to watch uh, the growth, growth of our farm happen from my grandparents starting it back in 1980 and um, then progressing it throughout this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of taken different shapes throughout it. We've We've done all sorts of things all throughout it. We've grown strawberries, red raspberries, blackberries, pumpkins, sunflowers, corn, soybeans, watermelon, um, other types of melons. We've, uh-huh. we've done it all. And then yeah. um, we also, uh, in our in our market, we sell uh, donuts, preserves, turnovers, seasonings, kind of kind of everything. everything. And, and yeah. all that's definitely, um, we, there's been a lot there over the 41 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we hope to continue that for another 41 to 42 years. So um, as we're kind of looking at the farm right now, we see that there's um, three generations in it with my grandma, uh, my dad, and uh, me and my brother, and then also uh, my aunt, uh, my dad's sister. So mm-hmm. um, there's definitely room for opportunity to grow in the future, and we're really excited about that, and we're really excited to see where we can go. So um, yeah, for my role sweet. right now is just um, helping and assisting to see that the vision continues for the next generation. Sweet. That's awesome. That's cool that you're able to, like take that forward um, and keep the tradition going. Definitely. Sweet. definitely. Yeah. 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 You're just reminding me of the farm that I went to um, at the end of last season. Uh, I was just like, uh, they, they were in the ag entertainment, ag entertainment business up in um, Northeast Ohio and 
yeah, it was a really cool experience to go to that fruit farm and just like see everything in person. So yeah, that's cool. And and I understand that vision that they have of of wanting to educate the public because right now yeah. we, we live in a society where uh, people really love food and they have a story behind their food, but yeah. do they really know where that food can, uh, is coming from and do they know how it's produced? Because there's a lot of um, kind of false advertising and there's a lot of um, false information about how that food is grown. And we want to be able to be here to educate the people and uh, show them that their food is safe. And if we can give them a hands-on experience of showing them uh, how their food is growing and they can get excited about it and then get yeah. behind it. And then our story becomes their story and they get excited about that. Yeah. That's sweet. And even like, I learned a ton uh, on the last episode just about like, I mean, mostly how apples are stored and just like how the, that whole process works and how um, apples like make it to the store and stuff like that. Is there anything like that? Like do you guys preserve, I mean, obviously you make preserves and stuff. Yeah. Like what are the ways that um, you guys preserve what you make? Definitely, definitely. So, um, cause the farm operates all year round, right? Like, yeah. like the market and stuff, like yeah. how, how are you keeping that going even when you're not growing stuff? Definitely. So um, a lot of our preserves and those kinds of things we make, um, in season. So, um, so like one of our big things, strawberry salsa, that's mm. probably our top sellers, our strawberry salsa. So when we have our strawberries ready in the spring, um, and the strawberries don't even, they come from our farm and then we also have other farms around central Ohio where okay. we get our strawberries from. Yeah. Um, and so most of those, that strawberry, um, the, that example, most of those strawberries are used in season. We make all of our preserves in season mm -hmm. and those, uh, preserves, salsas, jams are able to last us throughout the whole entire year. So it's kind of just everybody on deck. We all kind of can together and make sure that. We were stocked up with enough product to last us throughout the year. Yeah. Um, so I know I, I listened to your last episode and um, they really had a time period where they were able to encompass quite a few months and be mm -hmm. able to use their product from quite a few months. We really try and hone in on, all right, we have the product ready right now. Let's get as much done as we can and yeah. then we can kind of let it last. Kind of like uh, I'm sure a lot of our grandparents canned their vegetables oh, yeah. oh, back yeah. in the day and we always hear them hear our grandparents oh yeah you just go down go down in the basement get a can of green beans that i can like four or five months ago same exact idea so yeah that's funny my my grandparents on my mom's side used to can a lot and there was a lot of stuff that was good they made some sauerkraut and some um geez, i'm trying to think of what else definitely um they were up in like erie area so a lot of like grapes and stuff were grown up there. Um, so they preserved grapes, but like <laughs> they didn't really eat the grapes that much. <laughs> uh, they, they've been in the, in the area for a while. So at one point we had to, um, kind of clear out the pantry for them and throw them away. And that was, that was disgusting. They were, um, quite far gone, but yeah, they, they made, grew and canned a lot of, of food. So it's something like part of where my appreciation for eggs come from. I think that the, I think the art of canning truly kind of phased away the past few years, but I think oh, yeah. it's on its way back. I think there's a lot of people that in our generation that like that homegrown feel and they don't like going to a grocery store and picking up a, a jar of, I mean, we could say it's pretty preserved and it's, yeah. it's pretty, uh, well, processed is the word I was looking for. It's pretty yeah. processed and they want that fresh feel of opening that can that's been air sealed and they want those fresh vegetables that they just, they yeah, it's just so I think it's coming back for sure. It's just completely different to like, supposed to make it yourself, but even like some, even if someone else made it, like it's a completely different flavor and 
just, I don't know, there's some unique things that you can do that you can't get at the store. Like, I've been wanting to try garlic scapes for a while. I don't know um, if you've ever had that or if that's, like, a common thing here. But I, I heard about it a long time ago that people often take the greens off of the top of garlic and um, people preserve those and eat them like pickles or something and just eat them for, for a snack. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot of cool things like that that you can use kind of the waste um, to make a cool meal or snack or whatever. Um, I think that's really neat. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, Preserving stuff is, is the best. <laughs> I want to try more. Um, I think in the spring when I get, or maybe the summer, I guess, um, I want to go to a farmer's market and get some cucumbers and make pickles like from scratch because that'd be fun. Uh, I've done that a few times with my parents. Speaking of farmer's markets, I can plug our farmer's yeah. markets real quick too. So yeah, so we have some cool opportunities there. We also go to three farmer's markets in the central Ohio area. Okay. You talked about pickles. We sell pickles. We don't nice. grow the pickles, okay. but we have a farmer that's only about three or four miles away from us who grows pickles and we get pickles in big old bags and yeah. bring them down to the farmer's markets. And then we also... Um, Sell sweet corn, watermelons. Cool thing about watermelons, you've ever seen a water yellow watermelon before? Probably not in person, but I know that they exist. Yellow That's watermelons cool. are better than red watermelons. That's cool. It's like if you blindfold somebody, yeah. they're gonna say that yellow one tastes better one hundred percent of the time. It's amazing to see the people's reaction on them. That's cool. Um, then we also sell tomatoes and, and then all of our jellies, jams, cookies, turnovers. So we'll okay. be at the Grove City, Hilliard, and uh, a few other farmers markets this summer. And then we That's also sweet. Um, something we just started last summer is our cut sunflower business, yeah. um, which is tied on with Circle S. Where we also sell cut sunflowers there, and uh, it just Sweet. brightens up people's day, it makes yeah. them smile, gets them excited, draws them into the food at the stands. That's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I saw. I ran into someone's um, Instagram post, and they they were in front of a, 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 fl- a sunflower patch, and then it, it tagged Circle S Farms at the top. I'm like, hey, I know them. <laughs> I know yeah. them. That's cool. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, it definitely comes out to the farmer's markets. We can hook you up with some good that's food awesome. and uh, definitely uh, that's exciting. Yeah, I really, I've talked about going to farmer's markets a lot and I really, I've, I've made it to, I think, one in the past like year. It's it's not been as of good of a showing as I want, um, but I think this summer I might give it a shot more, try to make it more of a habit. Um, so I think you have a lot of opportunities to like cook what's in season mm-hmm. um, and try some new things. Um, get like advice from the farmers that grow them and, and know how to make stuff out of them. So I want to try and tap into that resource this summer and maybe even get some things that are a little less common here if I'm somewhere else. Currently not really sure what my internship's going to be, um, but we're, we'll find out soon. Hopefully it'll be a new experience. But. Definitely, definitely. And free samples of farmer's market. You can't oh, go wrong that's with free true. samples. That's true. <laughs> Love that. Um, growing up, did you cook a lot with like your family? Yeah, so I definitely have some cool memories about about cooking a lot and um, some some cool kind of areas I look back on that was like we pulled that right out of the field and we were able to kind of cook it. Yeah. So like some of the best memories I can remember, which I guess this is like this is cooking. I'm gonna stretch it a little bit, but um, one of the coolest things was we would get together with my family, another family. Um, and some of our family and we pick sweet corn and mm. then we'd husk it and then we cut it all off or we, sorry, we cook the sweet corn, we cut all the corn off yeah. and we bag it, freeze it. And then we have sweet corn the whole rest of the year. Um, so that's, that's kind awesome. of like you get that all year round sweet corn flavor beats the canned sweet corn. Oh. 
uh, from the store. Absolutely. Beets getting the sweet corn, the out of season sweet corn you get from the store. So that's definitely a big one. And then also, um, uh, another thing we would do is we'd get together with our family again and we'd go out and pick all the strawberries we possibly could, clean them, wash them all off, yeah. cut them up, make fresh strawberry jam and have strawberry jam to last us all year. So it's not really like cooking for like, yeah, we're eating that for dinner yeah. tonight, but it's like, oh that. yeah, like we're cooking for the whole year and it's just, it's awesome getting to be around the family mm. and uh, we can take pride in the, this is either locally grown or it's what we grew on our farm yeah. and we can have that bond of our family together. And those are the memories I really cherish with our family. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same about uh, my grandparents on my dad's side because they uh, have a whole big garden in their backyard and there's always something growing, always something season. So we usually go out back and pick something and it's for dinner. Um, I have a lot of memories growing up of like picking raspberries and making raspberry sauce for like the pie we were having that night or um, I have a picture of me as, as a real young child holding a piece of lettuce up. And I was just so proud that I was holding <laughs> that piece of lettuce. It was my piece of lettuce. But, um, yeah, and just, like, growing green beans and all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. It's just fun to, like, you go out and pick it and then make it for dinner. Um, so There's just weird. this pride you get, like, when you, yeah. when you pick something off and then... Like, I don't know, like it might, like there might be times where maybe it doesn't even taste better than what's in the store. Yeah. It tastes the same, but it's like, it just tastes better just because you grew it or yeah. just because you had a hand in growing it. Right. Like there's just that pride and that passion you get from it, which is awesome. Yeah. That's sweet. I've even really enjoyed completely different scale, just like growing herbs. I had a little, um, pot with herbs in it this summer. Uh, I loved that because I could just go out there and pick something and throw it in my, my pasta sauce or whatever. Uh, it's just like, oh, it felt more real. So what's your go-to herb? That's actually a really good question. Putting the podcast guy if, on the stand. <laughs> if we're going to go, oh, this is hard. Um, I feel like what I use most is basil. Um, that's like, it's nice and easy to grow. But then, like, lately I've also kind of been doing a lot of um, cilantro for, like, Mexican food. And that's kind of an annoying one to buy because it doesn't last very well in the fridge. And it's just, like, hard to keep. It's only, like, a dollar, so I'm really not wasting that much. But it always, it always feels waste, wasteful when I throw out, like, the whole bunch because um, I only used a few leaves. But, like, yeah. So those are probably the top ones. If If I'm roasting food and, like, rosemary has to be there, though. So I'm, I'm probably going to try and grow some rosemary for the, for next year because like roasted potatoes, roasted vegetables of any kind, like, I mean, I did turkey for, th for, um, yeah, Thanksgiving this year and just like got to have some fresh rosemary, some sage and all this stuff. So yeah, that's probably a, one of those three that I just mentioned. <laughs> so you definitely get, you get the pride from, from going out and oh, getting that. So you yeah. definitely understand it. Yeah. That's cool. I'm. I tried to go grow garlic twice now. Um, I was putting it in this little pot, and it's it's rotted both times, I think. Garlic's so tough. Garlic is, tough. is really tough is what I'm learning. <laughs> um, maybe next year. I also started it way too late. Like, it probably wouldn't have mattered even if I had gotten it to go, but um, that has been fun to at least give it a shot. What does the experience of farming, like, mean to you? And then we can get to what does it mean for your family? Mm -hmm. So just like you kind of mentioned it, but like, yeah, physically going out and, and picking, you know, the food and, and it either 
ending up in someone else's hands or your hands? Like, what does that mean to you? Definitely. Definitely. So it's, you always hear farming and passion go together and it's truly a, it's a livelihood and it's truly, it's, it's really cool because you get to bring together the family aspect of it because mm-hmm. you really cannot have a successful farm without a successful family backing. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's people in the family that we're constantly supporting each other. We're constantly supporting each other. And I have to give a shout out to, um, definitely like my mom and we're adding, uh, my future sister-in-law. She's going to be a part of our family now. And it's really, and my grandma, it's really the women in agriculture that keep agriculture running because yeah. they're constantly supporting us as we're out in the fields all day and constantly helping us through all that. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting to the family question um, and I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. But farming to me is truly it's family, but it's also um, outside of family. It's getting to see um, the, the community and the people that aren't surrounded in agriculture get to experience something they've never seen before and mm-hmm. getting to show them how their food is produced and getting to, to paint a new picture of agriculture that they've never seen before. Because, um, we, we, we see all the time with a lot of people that just don't know how their food's grown and they, they just don't understand it. And a lot of farmers don't actually get to see the people, the customers coming up yeah. to them because it's usually in the store. Right. Whereas being an agri entertainment business, being an agri entertainment farm where we want to invite the public onto our farm, yeah. we get to see their smile. We get to uh, have conversations with them. It's, it's really awesome. Getting to uh, one of the things I help out and do in October is give hay rides to customers. Okay. And it's always cool when you get that that family that's they're looking down, they're looking at the plant and they say, how's this grown? How is how does this work? And, and you get to sit there and you get to educate them and they get that educational experience along with getting that awesome, fun family experience. And we want mm-hmm. every family that comes onto our farm to be able to get the same experience and to have the same fun that, that we had growing up on the farm because yeah. we think that that's a very valuable resource to have and it's a very valuable tool that we can use to educate and really to grow and um, so we're, we're really excited about the future and what's going to happen that's sweet yeah i love that it's it's truly a family matter and it's it's really cool how um, even faith plays a, a part in it and how um, we get to get to experience that with our family yeah that's awesome yeah. that's sweet So you had mentioned a little bit about what farming means to your family. What does um, your grandfather mean to the farm? Definitely, definitely. So uh, a little history. He actually uh, passed away in 07. Um, so it was definitely a uh, quite a, a shock to our family and a, uh, a t- tough time to, to work through and all that. And um, it, it was definitely an impactful time because I watched my he learned from him quite a bit, and I understand I was pretty young uh, when all that happened. Um, but watching him uh, want to be just like his dad really modeled to me what I wanted to be just like my father. Um, so it, it, it's truly crazy the the, the relationship I have, um, and it's the, it's a wonderful relationship I have with my father because um, I watched him. Um, work directly with his father and now being able to work with my father just creates such an impact um, on that family business and allows uh, just that family aspect to continue uh, into the farm again and allows us to just to grow deeper because uh, when you're working with, with the people you love each and every day it just creates such a, a deeper bond yeah. wow, that's awesome that's cool how um, family so just like intertwined in your, in your farm and how you're going to learn from them that's awesome 
turn this. What do you wish people knew about ag? Yeah, so that's that's a, that's another. It's a loaded question because there's a lot to the industry and there's a lot that people just from the outside they they see us. My I was actually joking with my dad. Is there's a lot of people who. Um, can't even maintain like their their grass and, and their, yeah. their yard and they're telling us how we need to maintain our farms and it's like yeah some of the stuff you say like we definitely need to like look at more but um there's a lot there that just it's just like if you're a doctor um i don't understand all the things that goes into a doctor so yeah. i want to i want to learn from you it's the same thing with farming there's a lot that um we kind of do behind the scenes that um, we go to the nth degree to make sure that your food is is grown the best way it possibly can be and the safest way it possibly can be. And to, yeah. to be able to show people and to be able to, to tell people um, that their food is grown with the deepest care and making sure that they know that um, we want them to uh, enjoy the food we grow and we would not put anything on the table and we would not sell anything that we wouldn't eat on our table. Yeah, um, and, and that's another thing that's um, really special about farming is you have that truly farmed to table where that farmer will sacrifice and risk his whole entire farm putting a product out there um, and put all of his stake on the line just to make sure that um, the customer can get the very best quality that they want and that they uh, want to feed their families too. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of different things that people uh, I think should know about agriculture, but I think there's also a lot of different things that people uh, should know about a lot of di- other things in the world yeah. too. So there's just a lot of mysteries and a lot to discover. And um, it's just like how you're in this podcast, you want to look at uh, the stories behind why people... And, and how they interact with food. It's the same way I want to tell people how we interact with agriculture because I think mm-hmm. they, everybody has a story within agriculture and everybody can tie their roots back to agriculture even if it's simply I picked a banana off of the the store at Meyer. Like, where did that banana come from and how has it grown? Everybody has a story with agriculture. Everybody has a story with food. It all fits together in a, in a web, so it's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. I totally agree. Cool. Well, you brought some things for us to snack on, to try some um, jams and a salsa. So um, we're going to dive into that. It's sort of how like we're experiencing food together. So (laughs) you brought peach jam, a mystery jam, and some peach salsa. And I want to dig into the mystery salt or the mystery jam. I don't know. You don't. You also don't know what it is, right? I have no idea what it is. I have a few guesses, but I'm not gonna. Say those guesses because I think it's going to be pretty fun to uh, dive into what so might be in this mystery jar. What it is, so. yeah. what we did last time. Turn this piece fresh, of bread in half. Fresh seal open. Oh, nice. Ooh. This one's a lot thinner than peach. I'm going to guess by the color blueberry, but. Smell it and say. I really, I'm, I'm really in the dark on this one. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. Like I can. Do you know that if it's a combination or if it's just one I of something? I have no idea what it no is. So I'd be highly interested to to see what it is. Go ahead. Get yourself like on. I said, it's a mis- it's a mystery flavor, so. 
It smells really familiar about here. Give it a taste. Tastes really good, a little bit sour. You might have to tell me, but I'm I'm interested. It's I don't know. It's a very it's very weird. I, I'm almost thinking like a pepper jelly or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah? It's, like, I, it's I think it's one of our pepper mixed berry jellies. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, because what it most reminded me of was a uh, it was called frog jam. Really good. I highly recommend the like the combination. So it's figs, raspberries, orange, and grape. I guess mm-hmm. I, can, I think it's still. I think it was spelled frog, so um, <laughs> that would do it. But she's a nice, like, sort of like an apple butter, but, like, you know, not apples. Yeah. Uh, nice combination. So it, the first smell I got, like, reminded me of that. And then it kind of tastes spicy and a little bit sour. And so, yeah. and so it's it's nice and different. It's kind of like, like an all-in-one, and it's something that you don't taste all the time. It's definitely not, like, the, the store-bought jams and jellies mm-hmm. that you get. You can definitely taste, like, the richness in it. And, Oh yeah, the depth of flavor is is something I really enjoy. So that's cool. today, even I was just I made a uh, caramelized onion and leftover ham and cheese, like grilled patty melt thing. And I just I loved that because it, it had so many different things going on. And Put some butter on it. Butter makes everything a little better. Yeah, and a little bit. <laughs> this is good. I like it. I feel like you could pair this with with like a cheese or something. It'd be mm-hmm. it's interesting little charcuterie board. So I, I do want to ask you, we did crack into the peach jam and peach salsa earlier. Did you have a favorite between the two? Hmm. Good question. Still eating my way through my my slice of uh, pepper jam toast. <laughs> um, I feel like I can't compare them. But at the same time, I'm probably going to say the jelly. I'm really torn. They're just so different having like a salsa and a jelly or a jam, but I like jam. <laughs> Jam's nice. <laughs> it was nice and sweet and just it's right up my alley, but it was good. I did enjoy it. Um, you guys many times make donuts and you've brought those donuts to share many times. We do um, make donuts. Tell us about the donuts. Yeah, yeah. So, like, our donuts are the signature hit. I mean, we're up on here. We're up here at campus. I mean, everybody knows Buckeye Donuts. Buckeye Donuts is, like, the the signature donut. And um, I've had quite a few people. I don't know if I'm really allowed to say this on your <laughs> podcast, but I've had quite a few people... Probably, I would say 90 to 95% of the people I ran into say our donuts better than Buckeye Donuts, better than than most donuts that are on the market. Uh, So they're a cake donut, they're everything you want in a donut. Um, I would even say that I don't really eat the donuts that have even been sitting out for an hour, an hour and a half, because I take them straight out of the fryer and they just melt right in your mouth. I can imagine. That is the best taste that you could ever have in your entire life is getting that warm dough of the donut melting down your mouth and so um, we've experimented with some flavors we have our traditional um, plain and pumpkin and those are our huge sellers in the fall Mm -hmm. obviously everybody 
goes crazy for the pumpkin. Uh, and those that don't like pumpkin, we always have the plain. But what I like about our pumpkin is it's not like that. Wow, this has a ton of pumpkin in it. Like yeah. somebody who doesn't like a pumpkin donut can eat it and be like, "Wow, like I can taste the pumpkin, but it's not it's like it's not like real strong." Yeah. Um, so it kind of sure. fits both groups. And then uh, we experimented this past year with red velvet. I, I think you got to try some I think of you those. Try that. That's uh, fun. And then we've tried uh, chocolate, coconut, uh, and, and we want to keep trying some. We want to try a, uh, a chocolate with a peanut butter. Uh, kind of icing yeah, on it and uh, definitely if if anybody listening has some suggestions for us definitely um, get those get those to us and we'd love to hear uh, what kind of donuts would kind of be a crowd favorite but our donuts are definitely our staple if if you come on a weekend we are usually sold out of donuts by two or three in the afternoon and um, we're, we're frying donuts at 6 a.m and we our, our donuts are huge yeah that's great. Yeah, the donuts are great. Um, I'm trying to remember, is your classic donut, is it like a cider donut at all? Does it have any cider in it? We have, I did forget, I, I forgot to mention that. We do have an apple cider donut Okay, as I was well. going to say, I thought so. So we have plain so. apple cider and we have the pumpkin donut. Oh, yeah. um, so I, we do have all of those. I love a cider donut. Cider oh, yeah. donut is probably one of my favorites. And I hate to say it, but Buckeye Donuts does not have a cider donut. So you got them beat, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and... Nothing goes better with a donut in the fall than a nice cup of apple cider with it. Uh, even if it's not an apple Take cider donut, if you accompany that with cider on the side, whether it's warm or cold, it doesn't matter. That'll fill you up. You can have two or three yeah. of those and you'll be good for the day. And I think anytime you know. other than fall, I'm just like waiting for it to be fall again. So <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to that for sure. Definitely, definitely. And we only make them in October, so it's definitely a hot commodity when we're at yeah. prior going. I'm going to have to stop in for some donuts. That <laughs> sounds great. Well, that's all I had, but I'm bringing back hot seat for season three. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. What are five groceries you can't live without? Ice cream. Huge on ice cream. Uh, pasta. Potatoes. I'm big on carbs. You can already tell that from the last two. So I got ice cream, pasta, um, potatoes, potatoes, ooh, milk, and I would say my last one has to be cheese. Okay. So dairy, car- okay. dairy and carbs. Dairy and carbs. Oh, I run on dairy and carbs. You're getting, <laughs> hey, you're getting your protein in though, still from the from, the, from all the dairy. That's lovely. Um, Favorite bagel flavor? Ooh, really throwing you a, a curveball. That's a that's a good one. I as a kid was hooked on the cinnamon one. At oh Panera. my gosh! Have you ever gotten it bread sliced? Yes, that is the best. Yes, toasted or not toasted though? That's a big question. Toasted, because, but they usually don't let you. But you can actually ask them to toast the whole bagel and then bread slice it, and that is. That is game changing. That's a new one I'll have to get. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> it's little bagel bites and it's just the best. What is the best harvest food? I'm thinking like October time doesn't have to be donuts, but like the best thing you guys uh, grow or whatever. Ooh, best thing that we grow. We don't really get a whole lot that gets ready in the fall. I will say. I'm not a big fan of this, but people love it is like, we'll grow the 
pie pumpkins where people actually take mm-hmm. pumpkins off of our farm yeah. and make pies straight from the pumpkin. Nice. I don't like pumpkin pie, but people say it tastes so oh, good when they'll take pumpkins imagine. from our farm and yeah. like it's fresh and they're not buying it from like the store in a can and they're actually like getting it out of the pumpkin. Yeah. I've never had it, but uh, I have had it. I'm not a big fan, but I've heard that people <laughs> yeah. love it. Man, that sounds awesome. I love pumpkin pie, so I might have to give that a shot too. <laughs> That's great. What's your favorite wing flavor? I am a big honey barbecue guy. I know it's plain. I know it's simple. Not a spice guy, Can't but I'll say classics. Carolina Gold. Carolina Gold's a close That's second. A good, yeah, and it has to be Rooster's Wings. Yeah, every other wing quality is really, really tanked. I feel like in the past year, but Rooster's has kept their quality high. So it's be Rooster's good. Wings. I do like Rooster's. Well, Tim, that's all I had. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Really love the show. Keep listening to it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Season to Taste. You can find more about the show as well as pictures and updates on Instagram at Season2Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, the best way you can support me is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or by telling a friend about the show. As always, I'm Jacob Zimmerman. The song you hear is All My Cards by Adam Paddock, and this has been Season to Taste. Stay salty.